The Charlotte Hornets win again against the Detroit Pistons, but we have some bad news regarding our first round draft pick. We'll talk about it all today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. Well, we're getting a little froggy on this pod. We're going live again. <laughs> second time. How about that, baby? Topo to everybody. Topo. Top the Nido to you, I guess, because it's the second time we're doing an instant recap. We did a recap after the Knicks victory. Now we're doing a live recap. I like the finger guns that you had. That was a little jazzy finger guns from Doug. He's feeling it after the win. The problem is, Doug, even if they win 113 to 103, it still feels like we can't have nice things. We have talked about it a lot, okay? It's become the Locked On LaMelo podcast, especially with all of the injuries and the Hornets not playing for postseason berths. And we could, you know, focus on Terry for some hot games. Kelly Oubre, explosive performances off of the bench. But then when LaMelo went down for good, we shifted our focus to Mark Williams, who already had some of that with LaMelo on the court. Then we shifted our focus all the way to the first round pick in Mark Williams. Well, Mark Williams dislocates his thumb, gets it fixed by Joe Sharp, the trainer. Mark looked to be in real pain immediately on that transition alley-oop opportunity. I believe it was an alley-oop opportunity. Mm -hmm. and, and then goes back up, gets hurt, Shoots two free throws, misses both of them, shaking his thumb the whole time. You know, comes back in after he leaves the game, right? So finally there's a dead ball because he has to play a couple possessions. Yep. Is is not is not feeling it. <laughs> has to go to the bench. Oh, he's feeling it. Oh, he was well, feeling yeah, he's it. Feeling the pain. He's feeling the pain. <laughs> he goes to the locker room. He comes back out, gives it a go. Isn't working for him. Hits the bench once again and then would not play the rest of the game. I mean... It's ridiculous, Doug. It's it's not that's not fun. That's not fun anymore. I don't want any more Hornets players that I like to get hurt and miss significant time. I don't want that to happen anymore. Yeah, I don't know what we did to deserve this. Certainly, the fans don't deserve this. Um, you know, I, I don't. Uh, maybe I, I don't know what I, even MJ. I don't know what MJ did to deserve this. I don't know what anyone did to deserve this kind of season. It is exasperating at this point the number of injuries that they've sustained. You know, some of them I, I think you can trace back to bringing guys back too early, but also some of them, like like this one was a little bit of a freak injury, although I will say you mentioned that this was on an alley-oop opportunity. We should say it was on a little bit of an awkward alley-oop opportunity. Oh, yeah, that was It was awkward, was, <laughs> yeah. it was awkward and, and it was delivered by Terry Rozier. So one has to wonder, hey, you know, if you're starting a legitimate point guard, that can deliver the ball a little bit more on target if LaMelo's like healthy? That. Does Do those kind of injuries happen? When you play guys out of position, sometimes it results in them getting hurt, but it can also resu result in other guys getting hurt because you know everything is about rhythm. Everything is about doing things over and over again so that you know, you're not caught in those awkward positions because when you're caught up in the air in an awkward position, sometimes it can lead to freak injuries. So I, you know, I think we can't discount that as well. But yeah, when I was surprised that Mark was going to come back because there was a little frame 
that you could that you could pause on and see like and Eric mentioned it during the broadcast too, and they had a closer look at it that Mm -hmm. his thumb was not where it was supposed to be, like it was not pointing in the right direction, Mm -hmm. and so he comes back with this, you know, I don't think it was a cast, but it was a pretty significant wrap on. And just from the first play that he was back, he didn't look like he could use the hand at all. And uh, Duran was able to get a couple of buckets on him. He just he wasn't getting back down the court very quickly. Like I, it was just it seemed to be affecting his whole vibe. And and I think they did the right thing at half by just pulling him and saying, "All right, enough." Well, and and so just to be clear, by the way, they called it a right thumb sprain on their Hornets uh, PR account on Twitter. So yeah. just wanted to get that correct before I said dislocated and kept go- uh, going with it. They put out there that he left in the first half um, with a right thumb sprain. So just to clear that up. And you're right. I mean, especially if you're a shot blocker and you're right handed, it probably would deter you from throwing your hands up there and and trying to protect the rim as much as Mark Williams would do that. I di- I did think it was funny, though. 11 minutes, four rebounds. That's one more than he got in 28 minutes against the Knicks, the previous mm-hmm. game. And so um, it, it's this—it's the third time. It's the third time against the Pistons, too, where we could not really see the Mark williams jalen Duran battle. Just we're denied it once again. And so we, we got some time here. But, I mean, Mark got hurt in the first quarter of this game. And we didn't really get to see that matchup. And perhaps you got to see a couple possessions. I know Jalen Duran took it to Mark when he did get hurt. And Jalen, the more physical player right now, for sure, anyway. But we didn't get to really see a battle. The last time they played, Jalen Duran was hurt. It was a James Wiseman-Mark Williams battle, which was also very fun. And then it was before that, that was one of the games where Mark Williams did not play and Nick Richards was thrown in there when Richards was being thrown in the rotation, you know, every like seven, eight, nine games, something like that. So we are still denied a legitimate, real Mark Williams, Jalen Duran battle. And to be fair, I don't think it would have meant really anything. I mean, I think these two Just guys are going to have plenty of opportunities to to go at each other. Well, oh, I, actually, I'll take that back. I don't know that that's a guarantee because Jalen Duran, you know, is in an interesting situation in Detroit where he's battling with Wiseman and Bagley for time. So I don't know. Jalen Duran might not be. Uh, the starting center for Detroit next season. Um, it's it's going to be touch and go because, look, I mean, the fact is they, they traded for Wiseman. Wiseman's playing well. He got one over really on Mark Williams in that last battle and, and looked to, uh, you know, repeat that performance a little bit. I mean, he had a good one in this one, 16 and 13, did Wiseman on 8 of 12 shooting, but a lot of mm-hmm. that not against Mark Williams. So, yeah, we're denied it. And I think the big question is now – you know, what comes after this is, is Mark, you know, how a thumb sprain, how big of a deal is that? Is that something that, all right, you know, you're going to be pain management, but it's not really affecting the way he plays. Cause here's the thing, Walker, honestly, I've seen a lot from Mark. I've seen what I'm, I'm going to see. I think it would be great for him to get more experience, obviously, but I don't want to see him out there with another hand wrap. That yep. to me, that was ridiculous. Like I, I get, he probably wanted to play, and and he probably said, "Look, I'm good to go." So I get it. But I'm glad they pulled him, and I don't want to see him out there with another with another wrap on. But both things can be true. Healthy Mark Williams should be playing every second that he's willing to, and that Steve Clifford can bring him out there. Healthy Mark Williams right now, even without a play in position, play him every single second he can go. We're at 15 games left in the season or so. If he's hurt, we don't need to see him because we already have enough of a foundation where we're good. And and if and if he gets healthier, fine. 
but yeah, yeah th this is nothing to mess with. Like I, this, there's no reason to push the the pain threshold here with Mark Williams, given the circumstances of the season. And not if you're going to keep starting Terry Rozier, a point guard. And, and I'm not, that's, that's not me insulting Terry Rozier. I'm saying that like, if LaMelo ball was healthy and then it was sort of, uh, you know, maybe like 70, 30 that, that Mark could go and he wanted to give it a go and play hurt mm -hmm. a little bit, then I'd go, okay, that's fine. You're building a relationship with a mellow ball who can deliver passes on target and, and you're developing a relationship that's going to be very important to the franchise moving forward. But what really is to gain by him playing hurt and possibly, you know, someone hits that hand or he hits it on a backboard or he hits it on a block shot weird and, and just further exacerbates that injury. Uh, yeah, it just no doesn't reason. make any sense to me. But hopefully, you know, I, I think all of us hope that, hey, they go back, they look at it, they're able to manage it. Maybe he misses a game or two and he's able to get back out there because, look, experience for him matters right now. Yeah, experience the best teacher. I'm hoping to see that a little bit more. By the way, I'm going to be a teacher tomorrow, as I mentioned. Big shout to Charlotte Sports cool. Despair writing in, uh, who said, yeah, you know what? Tell those kids to make the Lockdown Hornets pod whenever we're old and gray and we're done with this thing because it builds character to, to undergo this type of pain with the Charlotte I Hornets. Think, I think the, the best injuries. thing, if, you're, if you want to be a great teacher, I think you should dislocate the thumb of a child and really give them an example Show them how to play through the pain. You should dislocate one of their thumbs. All right, let's go to some of the comments that we have here on the live chat. What kind of comments do we have before we go to the next segment? Doug Branson. Uh, Noah says the NBA needs to have end of season franchise report cards like the NFL. Our medical staff might have a few things come to light after this season. Conspiracy mm -hmm. putting Love on it. Noah, putting on the tinfoil. I mean, this was a freak thing. I, you know, again, I, I don't think that you're going to uh, really uncover anything on this particular mm -hmm. injury. Uh, Bobby says, Topo, back-to-back -back live post-game pods. Thank you. Vonda saying, have some live shows in the daytime, please. We're, <laughs> we're trying, Vonda. We're trying. Um, I, that, I, well, actually, you know, I, I do host a live show in the daytime. It's on WFNZ. I'm, I'm too busy doing that. <laughs> uh, JC, here's a good lead-in to our next segment. JC, the visualizer, saying, Kai Jones looked decent tonight. I also thought... Thor did well. Also, Blake saying Kai stocks going up, and I think that's what we got to talk about next. Who stepped up in Mark Williams' absence to, to help get this win over the Pistons? Yeah, Kai Jones, JT Thor, 18 combined minutes. Even Nick Richards, 29 minutes off of the bench. Oh, going great. perfect from the field, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Interesting stat I want to point out about P.J. Washington continuing to play well. Kelly Oubre was awesome in this game, hitting a bunch of shots, getting to the foul line too. And then we will discuss the bench, as we just mentioned, a couple of players right there. Not before I talk about BetterHelp, though. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's helpful for learning positive uh, coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. BetterHelp can help you through therapy if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule and all you have to do is all you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapist anytime for no additional charge if you deem that is the right move for you discover your potential with better help Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. A couple more segments to go, Locked On Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. 
Mitch Kupchak, will he do the thing that he has not done in season? This anything. Time? The thing that he has not done it is anything. It always comes back to do something. <laughs> Just do, do one thing. You need to get a stick from outside and become the meme in person because that it always comes back to do something do something (laughs) it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast i always laugh at that one you can hear the pain in doug's voice with the do something high pitch pain filled and that's what it means to be a hornets fan right now let's get to the bench though right let's try to focus on some positive stuff here because we just got the chat we got some of the comments there in the live chat kai jones jt thor some rookies from last year that we were hoping could take a step up this season haven't really seen it overall but we did get to see them play some minutes tonight what did you make of their performance doug I thought Nick Richards stepped in really well. He was six of six from the field, 13 points, uh, nine rebounds. I thought, you know, this one was about rebounding. Uh, I think they allowed too many offensive rebounds in that second quarter. So it was about how are they going to respond out of that second half? Because look, they get the win here, 113 uh, to 103 against an injured Pistons team that is clearly tanking at this point. They, they, mm-hmm. They're not concerned with winning basketball games. And yet... They, there, there were times when this thing looked a little too close to call. It was, you know, four-point game, six-point game. The Hornets would go up 16, and then all of a sudden it'd be a four-point game again. So they finally settled down, got some rebounds, and, and, you know, Nick Richards was a big part of that. He looked physical. So was Kai Jones. You know, one thing I love about Kai Jones, at least lately, when, when I've been watching him in the few minutes that he gets, when the ball goes up in the air, he's looking for a guy to put his body on. And that's really what I'm asking from so many of these players, from P.J. Washington, from Mark Williams especially. Like when the ball goes up, it's that half second that you have that you need to be spending looking for someone to hit. When, when Steve Clifford talks about hitting someone first, that's what Kai Jones is out there trying to do. And it's going to be really important for him as he looks to carve out a, a role on the rotation next season. He's got to do some of these things that Steve Clifford is asking this team to do. Yeah, it's one of the more, if you're learning how to play and Kai Jones picking this game up so late, especially making that transition into the NBA, you would think it's one of the easier things just within a a simple goal to go find somebody to block out. As far as rotating the correct way on defense, that provides some nuance that might take a little time, right? Offensively, learning how to find yourself, right? Learning how to figure out what your role should be offensively, where still the pull-up shots that he'll take every once in a while, they don't look fluid. They don't look natural, you know, and sometimes he'll hit them, but, you know, for a large portion, he won't. Going to block somebody out, that's one where it, it might not be the right guy, but at least looking for the player to block out at that point, that's something you can do. And you're right. Like, at least Kai is, okay, this is something I can do right now. Let me go find that assignment and make sure he does not get the rebound. And it wasn't just rebounding. Kai Jones at the beginning of that fourth quarter was absolutely haunting Jalen Duran. I mean, he was poking it away. He was challenging shots. I'm not sure. Let's see if he was credited with an actual block in this game. Yeah, one Kai. block shot. But he challenged yeah. multiple shots from Jalen Duran. Yeah, Duran's going to be having nightmares about Kai Jones' length. And I think it's important to point out that, hey – Kai did well in this game and he got to play center, you know? I mean, he struggled a lot because he's been playing four out of position. He should be playing center, but because of, you know, the the situation at the center position, he has not gotten much time there. 
Uh, and I think he needs to be given more of a look. He's got to continue to improve certain things like his, I think, decision with the ball in his hands. He had a transition opportunity that looked super awkward. He did get fouled on it, so it didn't, it didn't go poorly, but it had every opportunity to go poorly. So he still has to work on some decision-making with the ball in his hands um, and build up his overall physique. And, and obviously, if he could shoot from three, uh, that would help carve out, you know, a, a or, or at least make the decision to play him a little bit easier. Uh, but, you know, got an opportunity here, played well. That's really all you can ask for, especially late in the season. And if Mark is going to miss more time, Kai's going to get a real look. Um, PJ Washington, I thought he was good tonight and he didn't have the three ball going for him. You know, he was one of five from three, but how about five stocks, three blocks, two steals. And the interesting thing here is that he had 11 free throw attempts. Doug, I was digging deep just real quickly in the game log each season for PJ Washington. It is the second most amount of free throw attempts he's ever taken in his entire career. So he had 13 free throw attempts in a game against Atlanta. His rookie season had posted eight and eight each of the last two years as a career high for free throw attempts. And so this game, 11, that is the second most. And so I just thought that kind of spoke to the physicality of what PJ brought in this game against Detroit, shooting all of those shots from the charity stripe, still shooting, what, 50% from two-point range, maybe a little under that, and scoring 20 points. So PJ, especially right out the gate, I think Del Curry mentioned a stat, like this is the third straight game. Yeah, He scored the first bucket for Charlotte. Uh, Yeah, still trending up. You know, that was good to see. Post-injury, you know, to see him come back where he left off, right? Still trending up on the PJ Coaster. Well, if you're going to invest a lot of money in him in the offseason, you'd like to invest it knowing that he has versatility. I think Mm -hmm. we, we, we have some idea that he has versatility defensively. We know, I mean, we've seen him shut down Jimmy Butler. We've seen him challenge Giannis Antetokounmpo and make life difficult for him. You know, I, I, yeah. Right, Julius Randle, another great example. So we know that the the versatility exists on the defensive end. I think there are still some questions about that versatility extending to the offensive end of the floor. I don't know if you caught this, but in the first quarter, they actually gave him a post-up possession. He looked like a little little baby owl on the, <laughs> on the right block, uh, spinning back it. towards the lane and, and knocking down a shot. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what, you know, if you're talking about things that you're looking for the rest of the way – you know, utilizing PJ Washington in a variety of roles and seeing where he's going to be successful and where he still needs work, I think is an important piece of evaluation that you need to do before you whip out the checkbook and put your signature down. Yeah, as, as we start to shift focus from LaMelo, what things are worth paying attention to? We mentioned it with the contract players, I believe, you know, either yesterday or two shows ago, but PJ was one of those guys. And so, again, trending up there. Um, Can I give you ahead. another guy? Sure, yeah. DSJ was yeah, amazing awesome. in this game. Yeah, was awesome. awesome. People are going to over. I don't know if the people are even watching this game because there was a ton of college <laughs> basketball. I right. had three screens going. I'm watching Nick Smith Jr. Uh, play for Arkansas. You know, he could possibly be a six overall pick if the Hornets fall back. I'm watching, you know, a ton of college basketball, and then I've got the Hornets game up. So I'm over here ODing on basketball like everybody else. So I'm not sure how many people are paying attention and who are paying attention generally to what's going on. But Dennis Smith Jr. has been awesome, and I think people look and they go 23 minutes, 14 points, you know, meh. But 7 of 10 shooting, he was always putting in buckets when they needed to. The the, the layups that he's hitting are just outstanding. And, he's the and layup he, god, man, and he, and he was that at the very beginning of the year, except now he's adding dunks to it. it. It's only been the second half of the season where he's providing 
the same dunks that he did when he was dunk contest worthy. He was not doing that in the first half of the year, but now he's feeling great. Right. And it was it's evident that that when he came back, that mm-hmm. ankle was still bothering him. It was limiting him. And now it's not. And you're seeing the DSJ, like you said, that we saw early in the season that was fully healthy. So 14 points he had three steals. One of them, he literally he overplayed Duran and and dove for a steal. Like, I mean, he's doing everything that you want him to do. And I'll just say this. If the Hornets don't extend this guy a contract, to me, that would prove that they're not really focused on winning. And I I couldn't justify someone buying season tickets if they don't attempt. Now, you know, DSJ could say, forget it. I want to go somewhere else. That's fine. But if they don't attempt to sign this guy, then I don't know what we're doing. Uh, Doug, it's one of those things that, that almost it, the Hornets are gaslighting me if they don't do this because, <laughs> because what happens is they, they do these little moves that just in a vacuum are not going to make or break a franchise, not bringing Dennis Smith jr. Back is not going to destroy the franchise. That is crazy. But when they make these moves where the guy comes in, plays his bleep off, gives you three steals against Detroit, still works his bleep off offensively, still trying to figure it out, actually does provide you some offensive ability, handling the basketball and, you know, playing excellent defense, buying in. I went to the Spectrum Center the other day. It was just me going there to get that one-on-one interview with Bryce McGowan's. You know, a couple players walking by saying what's up, right? You know, all of them are, are nice enough. Dennis Smith Jr. makes it a point, you know, playing music on his phone, you know, chilling. He's in a good mood. He comes to me and then he comes to um, I forget who else was in there right next to me, but he comes to say, hey, what's up, man? Fist bumps me, daps me up, like just embracing everything around him. It's it's that kind of thing, not bringing that guy back that buys into the culture that shows it. You just make bad business decisions, even in small little portions, the death by paper cuts thing. Like that's the thing that sucks. And so I'm totally with you, Doug. That's that's fine. But, but are we certain he didn't think you were Sfi McIlook? (laughs) (laughs) No, there's uh, there's no way he thought I was Sfi. Look, I I think he would have thought I was Gordon more than I was Sfi. You know, like as far as the lookalikes go, I don't I don't know if I could be Sfi. I'm saying he doesn't even know what Sfi McIluke looks like. He's just assuming that you're Sfi McIluke. Mm. Although I'll say like Sfi McIluke, I don't know why, but Sfi McIluke always looks like he's just been released from a Turkish prison. I don't know what's going on there, but Sfi. (laughs) Goodness. What I mean, you know, it's just I'm just telling you what my eyeballs are seeing. This is I'm scouting. This is what I'm doing. All right, tell me what your eyeballs are seeing in the chat before we go to the last segment. What you got? Okay, for in the chat, uh, we've got JC back on the chat saying, well, "Speaking of Sfi, why is Makai Luke getting minutes over Bryce? I really don't get the investment in Makai Luke when Bryce is your future." He got 17 minutes. It's not, you know. I mean, I guess that's true. I guess I'd rather have Bryce get 25, but it's not like Bryce didn't play, you know. So, no, and Bryce hit a, a corner three. Yeah. Only had one attempt in the game, but knocked it down. Uh, did get to the line one time, one of two from the line. But nice to see him. It's a, it's going to be a process for him. It's long term for Bryce. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. 17 well, minutes. And the other thing too, you know, how much does how much does bad basket? Not not that he played bad basketball, but how much does allowing a guy to stay out there while playing bad basketball hurt? Right. <laughs> like again, I not that he was doing that, but you know, 17 minutes, I'm cool with it. I'm not. Well, really and also, I mean, I, I think to me, the bigger problem is not that Sfi Mikhailu got seven minutes and 45 seconds. It's that when Bryce is out there, he's, you know, it's cross country. It's, it's not, you know, mm. it's just running back up and forth down the court because look, 
they want to win basketball games right now. And for that, for them, that means Terry Rozier takes 22 shots. That means Kelly Oubre takes 16 shots. It means Gordon Hayward takes nine shots. You'd like to see him hit more than one. This was yeah, a nightmare game, game for Gordon. Yeah. One of nine from the field, two points, does get six assists and five rebounds. But um, after, a, after a string of really good games for Hayward, including a big performance in that win over New York, uh, he puts a, puts a dud on the board. Um, let's, let's go look at a, a few more comments in the next segment coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Doug was watching Arkansas paying attention to Nick Smith, also paying attention to Keontae George. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about the prospects. The Hornets might be looking at if they get in that five or six range come lottery time. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's post all-star break. The season's winding down, but you still have time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even bet on threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Last segment coming up next Locked On Hornets. This is Locked On Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire you just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, you got some, you don't have any mock drafts for us, but you have prospects for us, which is still okay. It still fits the draft theme. You were watching Nick Smith. You had some nice words to say about Keontae George. Why don't you lead the way on some of those uh, players that the Hornets could be looking at? Well, Nick Smith hit a big shot in that game against Auburn. That was a close game. Looked like Arkansas was going to run away with it. And then Auburn, I think Auburn made a big comeback and, um, but Nick Smith hit a big shot, and that's that's what you're looking for. I mean, he hasn't played much this season. He's been dealing with injuries. There's going to be big questions about the health of that knee, but at least for one night, uh, you know, he he gets to have a big performance. There are a couple of guys that will be interesting to watch for that four pick. I mean, obviously, Brandon Miller is still playing for Alabama. They're going to be a number one seed. Uh, you've got Nick Smith Jr. Uh, looking healthy. You've got Cam Whitmore playing for UConn. Uh, Grady Dick, amazing name. I'm not sure that he's going to jump up into the top five conversation. But if look, the Hornets, I was looking at the draft odds again, and you can find all of these draft odds, by the way, on everyhornetsboxscore.com, my draft hub page that I just put up for paid subscribers right now. I'll, I'll open it up to everyone. It's kind of an evolving document. I'm uh, adding to it every day. And once I get finished with it closer to draft time, I'll open it up to everybody. But uh, on there are the draft odds. The Hornets have an 11.4% uh, chance at the fourth pick, which is they have the fourth worst record in the NBA right now. But they have a 25.7% chance of getting the sixth pick. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, so if you, I mean, if you add up all of the top four, it's, it ends up being like nearly 50% odds of getting a top four pick. They also have 25% odds of getting that sixth pick. So you have to be looking at guys like Cam Whitmore, Nick Smith Jr., Grady Dick, Keontae George, who I did get a chance to look at a little bit today against Baylor, and he looks like a 
bigger, stronger, James Book Knight kind of Bradley Beal sort of prospect. And, you know, I think the Hornets should be evaluating the two-guard yeah. position for the future, if not even necessarily for next season, just for the future. And I think Keontae George is another interesting prospect as well. Yeah, I think Nada likes Keontae George, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's a big Cam Whitmore guy as well. And so you have Keontae as somebody that I talked about defensively coming from that Baylor yeah. system that, uh, you know, when we watch the NCAA tournament, I know a lot of people really like Davion Mitchell. Not that he's doing a great job right now with Sacramento, but you have that same mold of having the defensive mentality offensively. You got some polish with George. So we'll see if that starts to transition too into the NBA. If the Hornets are looking at him, you mentioned Nick Smith, long time considered like the third guy outside yeah. of Wimby and Scoot. Right. And because of the injuries, because of a lot of the other really good players that have just been climbing the ladder, it's pushed Nick Smith down, but could be, Know, a steal, quote unquote, at five or six, given you know his his initial third prospect uh, status. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think Miller put up just gaudy numbers at Alabama, and I think that pushed oh, yeah. Smith down. The injuries, and then I think people were waiting to see are the Thompson twins legit. And you're going to find people who fall on either side of that camp, but I think the Thompson twins in overtime elite put enough highlights together where you go, okay. That's especially Amen. You know, I think Osar mm-hmm. might fall back to nine ten, but Amen certainly, I think, made a made a case to be in the top five. So that's going to push his stock down. Going back to George, though, you're totally right. You know, I think people are going to hear that James Booknight comparison and get the wrong impression. He reminds me of uh, of Booknight again, a stronger Booknight, but just size wise and game wise on the offensive end. But you're totally right. In that game that I watched today, his defense really jumps off the screen. He's active on ball. Or I'm sorry, he's active off ball. And then on ball, he's an absolute pest. But off ball, he's still trying to shade. He, I mean, he was doing some great ball denial all through that game. He's a guy that, you know, I think Baylor feels confident enough to put Keontae George on the best opposing offensive player. Mm-hmm. And that should be exciting if the Hornets do you know, fall back in the draft a little bit and feel like Keontae George is the pick well, at, you know, five or six. Well, and I love I love the idea of what Keontae George is. And you might think he's too short and, you know, fair criticism, but who cares with LaMelo, right? Just put Keontae on the point guard and then put LaMelo somewhere else and boom, you're good to go when you have a six seven six eight guy that hopefully can also develop um, his defensive game as his career goes on. We're diving in, but see, I love it. You're with me now. I think you you were dipping your toe in the draft pool a little bit, but I I feel mm-hmm. like now that now that the conference tourneys are kicking off, you are you're ready to go. You are you are a, diving in with me. I am Macaulay Culkin at the hotel in New York City, asking everybody else around the pool if I can do a cannonball. That's what I'm doing right now into draft, and this is what I'm doing um, the rest of the way given where the Hornets are. Do you want to talk about some comments? Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about prospects or do you want to go to the live chat? Uh, let's go to the live chat. We got some people popping on now. Uh, Joseph saying with the win, are they at least in the one and two spot at the draft? I mean, they're, they're going, they're secured in the fourth spot. I don't really see them moving at all from that spot the rest of the way. Um, and unless the magic decide that they want to get in on this thing, you know, I guess that's a shot. I'm with you. I think they are cemented, but 
it's not like it's crazy to see the magic come all the way down. That's that's no. And look, if Mark, I think Mark has been a big reason why they've been able to get the few wins that they've been able to acquire. If they're going to be missing him, this thing gets even more difficult. And they were struggling to pull away from the Pistons. Yes, Gordon Hayward, as I mentioned in that second segment, had a nightmare game. Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot more games where Terry has a bad game or Kelly has a bad game. Because mm. both of those guys, I thought, you know, neither of them had a nightmare game. They didn't. It wasn't like a crazy efficient game for either, but Kelly was knocking down big shots, especially late, uh, and Terry hit a big three to close out that, to help that 9-2 run to end the first half to help uh, uh, pull the lead back to nine. So, you know, there are going to be nights, though, when that doesn't happen, and it's going to be a bit against way better competition. I mean, Detroit... Just, it's like a top-tier college team that they're throwing out there right now, and the Hornets were really barely able uh, you know, to, to make this thing double digits. So. Well, just real quickly, a standings yeah. check. The Magic are up five and a half games right now. The Magic have also lost three straight. The Hornets have won two straight, so going the exact opposite direction. Well, yeah, it's not, it's but, not impossible. What I'm saying is like, no, I'm with the, you. the competition's yeah. getting tougher. Yeah. 100%. Um, all right, what else do you have for us in the live chat? Queen City Hornets said Detroit had 11 turnovers to our zero towards the end of the first. Uh, yeah, that's right. And really, you you look at those offensive rebounds that they had in the second uh, second quarter in the first half in general, and they were pulling ahead in the second chance points battle. And that typically is a bad sign for the Hornets. But because Detroit was incompetent offensively, like it was, it, it was embar- They were embarrassing offensively. Uh, it was able to keep the Hornets, you know, in in the lead. Um, so uh, Queen City Hornets goes on to say, we are trying to win while these other teams aren't. We're going to get number one pick. I'm speaking it into existence. There we go. Put it out into the universe. That's what I like. Uh, um, Calvin saying, yeah, I think we energy. need three and D six, seven next to LaMelo. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are certainly a couple of opportunities to take that kind of player. Um, I mean, I think, uh, I'm in, uh, you know, if, again, if they're in that position, uh, Scoot's not six seven. Uh, he's six two. I mean, that's one one big knock on Scoot is his size. But I'm in a six seven, two hundred pounds with a six nine wingspan. I mean, he's got the body, insane athlete, speedy ball handler, elite defender. I mean, he can't shoot, but Lamelo can shoot. Who needs a shooter there? I'm with it. I'm, I'm with diving it all, all the are, way in, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say you really are. All right, that'll do it for the live chat, the Hive Live here. Locked on Hornets finishing up. We appreciate you making us your first listen. Make your second listen game to game NBA. You can catch analysis on every contest across the association on Locked on NBA game to game NBA as well here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Anywhere you get your pods, by the way, Odyssey, YouTube, again, whatever platform you listen to your podcast on. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
you made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.